Stand, Kneel, Now What? Episode 5, Why I Became Catholic. Hi, my name is Karen. I like to say that I'm the good kind of Karen. I am first and foremost a daughter of God, a wife, mom of two, and I recently came home to the Catholic Church. I love my faith so deeply that I want others to love it too. Whether you are a cradle Catholic, Catholic curious, or you have come home to the Catholic Church as an adult like I have, Stand, Kneel, Now What is the show for you. Through my love and lots of blunders, my goal is to help you along your faith journey. Our paths may be different, but all of our roads need to lead home so that we can be with our Father. Hi everyone, and welcome back to Stand, Kneel, Now What? My name is Karen Estep and I am your host. Today, I'm going to explain a bit more about, I hope it's not the last part of my faith journey, but why my husband and I ultimately decided to become Catholic. So before we continue though, I need to explain a couple things. My voice is going to sound a bit scratchy. Um, I am a very animated teacher and school has just started for us. <laughs> so a lot of my day right now is talking and lecturing, which is really hard on my voice. The first couple of weeks of school or so, my voice gets this way. It will start to level off though, as I um, don't have to explain so many of the rules to my middle schoolers and do a lot of the talking. Also, I have a lot going on. I wish you could see my workspace right now, but I've got my phone out to do the St. Michael the Archangel prayer. I've got my Bible out to read a verse to you guys. And then I also um, have a journal that I keep all of my thoughts before I start the episode in. And I had a lot of thoughts this episode. So you may hear the pages being flipped back and forth. Anyway, I just wanted to explain all of that before we get started today so that you don't wonder if I have a cold or <laughs> what's going on with my voice and then all the background noise. All right, just like we have the last few episodes, we are going to start with a prayer that is uniquely Catholic. Last week, we started with the St. Michael the Archangel prayer, and we're going to do the same this week. So here we go. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, St. Michael the Archangel, Defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That prayer is really important because at least at our parish, uh, that is how they end daily Mass. So if you ever attend daily mass, just know that that's how it's typically ended. At least at our parish it is. I think when I went to daily mass at another parish recently, that's how they ended it as well. All right. So this week's episode, we are going to talk about why my husband and I ultimately became Catholic. And so I kind of explained last week that we were part of a Methodist church that we absolutely loved, but it was time for us to leave. And we gave ourselves about six months to really grieve leaving that church. 
Our family was a big part of that church. Um, not so much at the end because we had started to kind of tear ourselves away a little bit as, as time went on, but that is where both of my kiddos were baptized. Um, and so that church and that community meant a lot to my husband and I, and we just needed time to think about what we wanted in a new church and where we wanted that to be and what some of our goals were as a family of Christ. And so we took our time to grieve. And then once our hearts were ready, the shutdowns happened. And that meant that we could only go to church if we screened it on our TV and or streamed it, I guess. And we were not interested in that option because we did it a couple of times. I say we weren't interested, but we did live stream a couple of um, churches on TV. And it just, I don't know, it just wasn't for us. We are very much a, we need to be in the pew. We need to be part of the community to really get a feel for what that community is like. And so we decided to wait until things were starting to open up again. Now, I will say that before we became Catholic, my children did go to, it's called a diocesan school. So it's kind of, it's, it's kind of tricky to think about. So my own children go to a diocesan school. So it's a school that is tied to the diocese of which I'm a part of. However, it is tied to our parish. So when I did research on this a couple of years ago, a parochial school is only tied to the parish that it belongs to, but a diocesan school is tied to the greater diocese that it belongs to. So yes, our school, <laughs> the school that my kids attend is tied to our parish, but in the overall schemes of scheme of things, it is a diocesan school, if that makes sense. And one of the reasons my husband and I chose um, the preschool part of this, um, the school that they attend, um, is because it was the only school in our area that taught Spanish with an in-person teacher. All of the other preschools did like a computer program. And even though I do speak Spanish, um, pretty fluently, I like to tell people I can get myself in and out of trouble in Spanish, <laughs> more in than out of trouble. Um, my children do not like it when they hear me speak Spanish. We have a couple of Spanish English books and I try to read the books to them in Spanish and they don't, they, they absolutely don't like it. They haven't liked it since they were babies. I tried, um, when my oldest was a baby to speak in Spanish and they would just cry and cry and cry. <laughs> and so um, I knew just being in the profession that I'm in, I know how important it is to learn a second language from the very beginning. So what really impressed us about the school that my kiddos attend was that as at a, two years old in preschool, they were getting the same um, Spanish teacher as the middle school was. So we have been sending our kiddos to a Catholic school for a very, very long time. Anyway, um, so when my husband and I were ready to join a church again, I came downstairs and I told him, it's time. Like we have put this on the back burner for so long. We've used the shutdowns as an excuse. We've used this as an excuse. 
It's time I am ready to find our church community. (laughs) And I'm giggling just because of the next part. So he just looked at me. He goes, Karen, I don't care what church we decide to join. The only two requirements I have is that I'm allowed to drink coffee and eat bacon. (laughs) So... (laughs) Um, that really, that was, that was all that he required. And so I said, well, since we're sending our children to a, you know, Catholic school that's tied to a parish, what do you think about going and checking on a mass? And he said, are Catholics allowed to drink coffee? (laughs) And I said, well, I'm pretty sure my aunt and uncle have a coffee maker in their house. So I think so. And he goes, well, are Catholics allowed to eat bacon? And I was like, I know for a hundred (laughs) percent that I have seen my cousins eating bacon. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. They are allowed to eat bacon and drink coffee. So one August morning, we dropped my, my children off at my parents' house so that my husband and I could go to mass without a whole lot of interruption. And, um, unbeknownst to both of us, I prayed a silent prayer and my husband prayed a silent prayer that if this was where my husband and I were supposed to be, that we wanted the Holy spirit, we wanted Jesus, we wanted God to really open our hearts because we came from Protestant backgrounds that, don't necessarily always say the nicest things about Catholics. And there are a lot of misconceptions that we had about Catholics going into into this mass. Now, I will say, yes, we sent our kids to a Catholic school. Yes, we knew going into it that they were going to learn about the Pope, that they were going to learn the rosary, and none of that bothered us. And we were really just we really just wanted our kids to learn Spanish and be at a Christ-centered school. So that didn't bother us that they were learning things that we weren't 100% behind at the time. So one of the things that we we noticed, first of all, was that when the, gre- when the priest, I'm sorry, I need to slow down. When the priest greeted us at the door, it was he welcomed us with recognition. Like he knew our faces. He may not have known where we fit in the grand scheme of things, but he knew who we were because he had seen us at school events. And that we really appreciated because we had tried to go to a mega church a couple of years before that. And when we were greeted at the door by an associate pastor, he greeted, I I kid you, and I wish I was making this up and I'm not going to give you the name of the church or anything like that, but he, this associate pastor greeted us with a, hi, welcome to such and such church. Are you, is this your first time? Are you new here? Or have you been coming for quite a while? And it was a mega church, so I'll give him that. But that really broke our hearts going into it because it just meant that we would be just a number in that church and not people. And so for the priest at our parish, now our parish, but when we were, you know, test, we'll say we were test driving (laughs) our church when he greeted us with this, this warm, slight recognition, but not really with just a, Hey, we're really glad you're here today. Um, that meant so much to my husband and I, so that really helped us. Now I will say the first time we went to mass together, we had no idea, you know, we didn't take the holy water (laughs) 
We didn't have any idea. We didn't genuflect. We didn't know when to put the kneelers out. We didn't know where to open up um, the book. We didn't, we had no idea. Like we just sat, to be perfectly honest, we were just sitting in the pew trying to absorb it all. And we did that for several weeks. So, (laughs) but the homily, our first mass really, really spoke to my husband. And I think that was what kind of sparked the, the internal fire for him. Um, it was the homily that day. And I'll, one of the reasons I remember it is because it touched my husband so, so much was that, so the homily was about St. James and about how St. James was a true follower of Christ because he was not above any job that Christ called him to. And my husband, who was a football coach for years and years and years, and also a wrestling coach, that is something that he lives by daily. And still, even though he's not um, a high school football coach anymore and he doesn't coach wrestling anymore, he still lives by this, this do even the smallest task daily. The smallest task is something that can help the largest amount of people. And there is, you are, no one is above any job. And that is something that he tried to, to really coach into his, his players. And it's something that he tries to instill in his students. Um, you know, like he will even go and pick up trash on the football field. He will go and, um, you know, just help old women that need it coming downstairs. And so this was something that really, really touched him because he had never been a part of a church community that was, that was so open and so willing to say that we are called to do even the smallest of things. And even the small things can have big impacts. And, and just to see that fire lit within him after that, I was, I was ready to sign up like that August mass. I was ready to go in and say, all right, (laughs) where do we go? Where do we sign? I'm ready. Like I would love to receive communion. However, my husband wasn't quite ready after that mass. And so he, he was like, okay, first of all, I have football until the end of October. And then wrestling season starts. He was like, I really don't think I can add something to my plate. Let's, you know, let's slow down a bit, Karen. But I was right. I was like full steam ahead. I was after that mass. I was like, let's go, let's do this. Let's join RCIA. Let's, let's, let's get our first communion going. I wanted, I want to do this. Um, so what we decided to do (laughs) is slow down. Um, we attended every single mass that we could in person. We did have to live stream a couple of masses due to, um, what we'll call the big sick. I was very sick. And so, and my, my own children were very sick. And so on those Sundays, we decided for everybody that we would live stream it. And we still loved it. Even when we live stream it, sometimes when our kids are sick now, and we, we know you, it's, you don't have an obligation to attend if you are sick or if your kids are sick and you have to be their caregivers. Um, we still very much participate. We stand up, we kneel, we, you know, say the prayers out loud. Um, we just, we absolutely love even seeing it live streamed. So 
Um, we decided to start checking out RCIA the, in October of 2021. And that was really, I'm so thankful that everything works the way it did. And this is a true testament to God's timing because if we would have joined RCIA in the, even the group that was ahead of us, they had to do everything via Zoom. And this is, this is not saying that the Holy Spirit cannot move through Zoom because I know with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, all things are possible. 100% trust that. We just would not, as my husband and I just would not have experienced going through the RCIA process the same way. And we would not have joined. We 100%, we've talked about it several times since we have joined, that if we would have had to have done RCIA through Zoom, that would not have welcomed us home. That would have not been like, we would have shut it down and we would have shut it down pretty early on. We would have stopped like just, we would have, would not have gone to meetings. We would not have attended mass live streamed in person. We wouldn't, we just wouldn't have done it. And, um, I'm not saying that if like, if that's your only option, please check it out. It just, it it was God's timing that we were able to be a part of the RCIA group that we were a part of. We are still very close friends with some of the people we went through the program with. And, um, it just, it's just such God's timing is just perfect. (laughs) There's just no other way to say it. So anyway, um, when we joined, we had a, I had a lot of reservations about just talking to my family about some of these things and and talking to some of my friends. But in the end, everybody that we talked to cheerleaded us on. And it was just such a great experience. I was really kind of worried about telling my, my father at first because he grew up in such a Lutheran household. And, um, I'm going to get a little bit emotional, (laughs) I think telling you about this, but Um, my dad attended the Easter vigil where, um, my husband and I were confirmed and took our first communion and, um, sat through the whole three hours, complained a little bit, you know, uh, and good heartedly. And my mom, um, was taking care of my nephew, so she could not attend, but, um, she was there in spirit. And I remember getting confirmed and then taking my first communion and I'm going to (laughs) cry taking my first communion and my dad just pulling me into a hug um, after I received my first communion. And probably that was was right up there when he, when he was, I want to say giving me away, but he didn't give me away um, at my wedding day. Um, that meant a, a lot to me, him pulling me into that hug. And he embraced me for, you know, for quite a few seconds. It wasn't just a, you know, like a quick hug. It was, it was a hug to tell me that he was proud of me and I'm sorry. I'm so emotional, (laughs) but, um, so if you have family members that, um, may be a little standoffish or you may think they may be standoffish, just tell them guys, like, just be open, um, you may, you may be really surprised. And, um, my friend, Allison, who is Baptist, she attended the Easter vigil where I was confirmed. 
and receive communion. And she was pregnant at the time. She was pregnant (laughs) and she sat through the whole three hours. So the other people that really cheered my husband and I on were, um, I've mentioned a couple of times, I'm a contributing author for the catholicmom.com community. And man, they were so just phenomenal in, in that last week before before the Easter vigil, my husband and I experienced a lot of spiritual warfare. Um, and if it weren't for the editor there and a couple of the other like great, amazing women that really cheered us on, um, I, it may have, it may have disheartened me a lot. I wasn't going to give up, but it, it was that week before we officially joined the Catholic church was, was rough. Um, we, we experienced, um, some people trying to get us to not officially join. And we, we experienced not anybody in our family or close friends, but we did, my husband and I both were questioned that week on why we joined and, um, what the point of joining was. And we just, we really needed those background cheerleaders to, to be there for us. So one of the ultimate reasons that my husband and I chose to become Catholic, um, remember he grew up in a Methodist church. He didn't always attend church either. Like they, I, he chose not to attend all the time. I'll put it that way. Um, and then I grew up in the Salvation Army where there are no outward sacraments. There are no baptism, no communion, no confirmation. None of that was something that I partook in. Um, I was baptized, but, um, remember I didn't see a baptism for a very long time. Um, I think I was a teenager before I saw my cousin get baptized in a Baptist church and uh, no baptismal fonts in the Salvation Army, none of that. So the ultimate reason we became Catholic and the ultimate reason why I, I want to attend daily if I could is the Eucharist. And it's this first right here. It is, I'm going to grab my Bible. So you may hear a couple of thuds. Um, it is John six verse 53. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not such as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. Jesus could have explained later that this was just a symbol. He, there's, there's so much more that he says in John. And he could have gone on and said, you know what, guys? Hey, wait a minute. I, this is just a symbol. But he doesn't. And that is because it is the real presence. The Eucharist is the real presence. And... It's just, it's such a gift that Jesus gave to us. And there are so many more reasons that we became Catholic. You know, Jesus himself founded the Catholic church. We're not talking about William Booth who came along in the 1800s and founded a church. We are talking about Jesus Christ himself founded the Catholic church. 
Um, this is where some people like online get very defensive and they're like, well, it doesn't say Catholic in the Bible. Well, Catholic is a word that means universal. And so Jesus wanted us all to be part of one church. And that is the church that he founded. And he doesn't go back later and explain anything that you need to eat my my flesh. This is the bread of life. I I am the bread of life. And it's just, it's such, the Eucharist is such an amazing gift that if you're not Catholic, I wish you could experience. And I, I, you know, if you're curious about becoming Catholic, please go through the RCIA program. I, in the last few months, have really started taking in and absorbing everything that's going on at Mass from singing the Gloria to singing the Alleluia to just to to really saying glory to you, O God, when when the um, gospel is said and to really paying attention to what the deacons do and what the priests do, like all of this, for whatever reason, in the last few months has started to really come alive to me and seeing, um, I, I just think it's so beautiful when the deacon and the priest kiss the altar and they kiss the gospels and it's just so reverent and, and, and just, I keep saying amazing, but that's like the only word that it's awesome. And that's an over word, overused word in our society is awesome, but it is, it's so amazing. And then when you go up to receive the Eucharist guys, I, I just, I can't describe it. I, I have ever since I've been able to take communion, I make sure that I, you know, I'm, I'm reverent. I, I bow. Now I will say there, I, I kneel when there are kneelers present. Our parish doesn't have kneelers. And I, we're not going to get into, I'm, I, I don't want to get into a discussion of what's correct and what's not correct. And if you are Catholic curious, um, dive into that very slowly because there's a lot online that can make you feel ashamed if you've been taught one way and you haven't been taught another way. Our church doesn't have kneelers. However, we do bow reverently. Um, I bow very significantly. And yes, I receive on my hand. I've kind of tweaked it. I do receive on the tongue when I'm at churches that are um, more traditional. I don't have a problem doing either, so don't get into that. Um, but I make sure it doesn't matter if I'm kneeling, if I've bowed, it, it doesn't matter which church I'm in. When I receive the Eucharist, I always make sure to smile at it because I know that Jesus is smiling back at me. And lately, it's just really hit me lately. When I go back to the pew and I start praying, I have cried. I have cried probably the last four months every time I receive communion because I'm just, I'm so amazed that somebody loves me as deeply as Christ loves me. And not notice how I didn't say loved. Loves me. Christ is living. And yes, he died, but he is alive and he he rose and he love and he loves me and he loves me so deeply that when the Eucharist is given it's him and I know that this this is so emotional and I'm I'm sorry I'm getting emotional but I just he loves you so deeply too he loves you there's no past tense in that he loves you and he loves me and it's a deep intense amazing love and it's, it's so beautiful. 
And so even today, my husband, he was watching me cry while I was kneeling. And I, I just, I later explained to him, I'm just, I'm so grateful that I get to receive communion. I'm so grateful for the Eucharist. And, and he was like, yeah, I could tell that they were, they were tears of happiness and not tears of sadness. And, um, I just, that is, that's one of the big reasons guys that, that is, that is it. I wish I had an opportunity to take communion daily. I wish I could receive the Eucharist daily. Um, unfortunately, um, I start work at 6:45, and our parish has mass at 8 15. Um, it would be frowned upon for me just to leave a whole, <laughs> a whole class of middle schoolers up to their own devices for the, you know, 30 minutes, the daily mass is, um, that is a goal of mine though. I'm actually, for lots of reasons, looking forward to retirement, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to retirement most of all, because once I'm retired, I can, I can go to daily mass. Um, and I, I did get to go to daily mass, uh, the last spring break, we didn't go anywhere for spring break, um, last year. And I, I made it a goal to go to, to, to daily mass. I had some meetings, um, with some people and they wanted to schedule it at the same time as daily mass. And thankfully they were Catholic. This was a Catholic group that I was talking to. And I said, look, I got to go to daily mass. Like I got to go receive my Eucharist before I can start my day. And, um, the person that I had a meeting with was really, really happy that I had made that my goal. So, um, anyway, Ultimately, the Eucharist is the reason why I'm Catholic, is the reason I'm in love with my faith. And I, next episode, I'm going to help kind of tell you the steps that I took to be able to take the Eucharist. And I really, I really hope if you're, if you're even the least bit curious about it, let, let's check it out. If you are a person that has stepped away from the Catholic Church and you are listening to this podcast, please, please go back into it. Um, go to confession, receive confession, receive the, you know, the reconciliation and the graces that come from that so that you can go back and receive this beautiful gift that the Lord has given us. All right. Odd one out from last week. I don't know if anybody caught, but I said hand glider and my husband later corrected me and said, it's called a hang glider. <laughs> So hang glider was the top choice. That was the one that everybody voted on. Um, not everybody, a few of you picked, um, the plane. I did get that one, um, a couple of times. And then a couple of people picked the helicopter. So my husband wanted to, you know, put it out there that he also picked hang glider. Cause it's the only one without a motor. Um, my opinion is it's a helicopter and he says I'm wrong. I say I'm right. We know how that goes when it's husband and wives <laughs> trying to one up each other. Um, I said the helicopter because the propellers keep it in motion. It's just, it, a helicopter can stay in one spot for a sustained amount of time. Um, so that is my reasoning. Um, all right. The options for odd one out, since we are continuing on our faith journey, we, th this one was kind of a last minute. I won't lie. This one's last minute, but your three choices are a horse, a donkey, or a camel. <laughs> so horse, donkey, or camel. Um, I have a very specific one and my husband's 
response when I told him what today's odd one out would be. <laughs> His response is so unique. So I'm going to have to write it down and remember to tell you guys next week. All right, next week's episode once again is going to be, I'm going to talk you through some of the steps to take when you are joining the RCIA process. And then in two weeks, um, I have my friend Bailey on and we are going to talk about the rosary and I'm pumped because we did such a good job and we only had one take for that episode. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to Stand Neil. Now what? I'm praying for you along your faith journey and I hope to see you next week.